0: Welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast, a SEMA edition, and we're hanging out with some of the, the fine folks from Honeywell, Gary. <laughs> Tim and Harut, how's it going, guys?
1: It's great. Yeah, it's going good.
0: Uh, just a little history on your company first. You guys were founded back in the 30s in Los Angeles, um, and so you made stuff for aerospace and turbocharging for commercial-grade vehicles and stuff like that, and you're here probably less for airplanes and Cat diesels and more for cars
1: Yeah. Now nowadays the uh, the product offering has uh, really been refined to to meet the needs of a enthusiast market, whether it's drag racing or road racing or you know or trucks or uh, I mean anything. A, a tur- the turbocharger nowadays is a universal.
2: Yeah. Life's been pretty good for you guys the last few years. Turbos have kind of uh, kicked off a little bit.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, you also have a rich motorsport heritage too. I mean, at the first. It was 1969, Lotus Ford at Indy 500. Uh, there's a gentleman across from us who might know something about that, but it was a Garrett, uh, what was it? It was a, I have it right here, Garrett TE 06, used yep. in uh, open wheel cars. Uh, in, 19, in 1977, Renault used the first turbocharger in an F1 race, which is, I mean, that they still sounded better then probably than they do today. No offense to those cars. Uh, and ah, then, we can offend them; they're not <laughs> listening to us. Well, yeah, but still, it's, it's turbo related, so I don't want to bring that side. I assume that it. was probably a non-intercooled turbo as well.
3: No, Go I back. think they, I think they did have intercoolers no shit, back in, back, uh, back in that time. Yeah, okay. I've seen one of the originals around somewhere around in our facility. Yeah, oh, we couldn't cool. do it in the '70s yeah. somehow. <laughs> uh, and then you jump
0: up to the 2000s, and you're helping Audi win Le Mans in their R10 or R15 cars. And so, I mean, turbos are doing incredible things, and they've been doing so for decades. Um, what, where do you see the turbo going, basically?
3: I know
1: it's a very broad question. It's a good thing we have our engineer here. Yeah. Pixie dust baby? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean it's 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 really growing and especially on the OE side, so that's gonna help us in the aftermarket side as well. So we have all the manufacturers basically using using turbochargers and technology is getting better and better. Everybody wants to go fuel efficient and we're able to use that OE and motorsports technology to apply it to the aftermarket and provide, you know, pretty good-performing turbochargers. Do me a favor and just pull up on the mic there a little oh, bit here. here yeah. That's all. There we go. They're very, that?
2: very directional.
0: That's all. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, do you think that forced induction is basically the best hope for the IC engine to survive into the future? I mean, we're staring down EVs and looking at that stuff, so the, the only way they're going to get more efficient, well, without losing the power that people want, it's got to be turbocharging. It has to be, Right.
1: Right. Yeah, for OE stuff, yeah.
0: Now, uh, where, what are the but what are the limits that we're running into now? Because turbos, you're making some of them smaller, but then you're making other ones bigger. You're lining two of them up in parallel, sequential. There's now triple turbocharged stuff out there. I mean, where do we go from here with that stuff? Yeah, and even then, I've seen some crazy stuff
2: lately where it's port, you know, a turbocharger per port is a little bit of an experimentation going on. So that's... That's a little exotic now, but I'm guessing it probably won't be at some point in
3: the near future. Right. Um, I haven't seen that myself in terms of, you know, individual turbochargers per port, but um, there are growing technologies, um, just like the, the, the Honda fuel cell uh, vehicle. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Clarity um, on the OE side, we're, we're a big part of that. And um, it's just, it, it doesn't have to be just you know, gasoline vehicles, like it can be fuel cell or, or any any other things that, different technologies that we're looking into as well. No, well that, that's,
0: actually, that's actually another question I had, like, is there anything you can do for EV vehicles? Like, can you, can you cool the batteries through the use of turbochargers or, like, by forcing more air into the cooling system? where do you because you, I mean you right. guys are probably yeah, thinking 20-30 years ahead yeah it's
3: I mean, definitely a possibility I don't think it's everything that I can discuss here of course um, can comment on future <laughs> <yeah. products. laughs> we're definitely looking at different different uh, technologies for, for the future to keep our our OE business good, growing and, and, um, and with, with the industry because yeah uh, EPA is coming down hard and they're trying to limit, you know, all, all this news about trying to go full electric. So we have to keep moving and keep going forward in the automotive field, not just turbochargers. There's
1: so there's a ton of engineers right at Honeywell. I mean, uh, thousands uh, that help develop different technologies. There's guys that work on projects their entire career to try these theories to see if they'll work, and and some, maybe even most, never even make it to the market. Um, but they spend a career trying to get more, uh, uh, more efficiency well, it's out of something. The only way you make
2: any progress, really, in the market yep. is that you throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yep. And inevitably, I mean, 80% of your stuff probably fails in the internal labs before you even consider taking it to market,
0: right? Those people are like the tenured professors of the automotive world. They're like, yes. oh, I'm, I got my head down. This is my my thesis, yes. and then be a doctor. you got yeah. one guy that's
2: just studied ceramic bearings for thirty five <laughs> years.
0: Now, why why do you think that turbocharging is a better solution to say supercharging? Like where where what's your take on the matter?
3: <laughs> You're laughing yeah. for the audience. They're well, laughing okay.
2: at the supercharger thing. Yeah,
3: well, well, superchargers they they take you take away power from the engine to begin with, so it's not as efficient as a turbocharger and as turbochargers grow, we're getting more efficient compressor wheels and turbine wheels so they don't won't, don't need to spin as fast and they'll have better boost response. Um, so I think boost response issues were a thing of the 80s. You know, the turbochargers yeah. have evolved right. where boost response really isn't an issue, issue anymore with the OEs. So a lot of the new turbocharged cars that you drive from OE, they don't have really boost response issues. I think in conjunction with um, these seven eight speed transmissions mm-hmm. and these super efficient turbochargers right you're not seeing that lag anymore and so. that, I mean that and that was
0: people who were afraid of super, or turbochargers that's what they that's probably yeah. the biggest complaint with the turbocharger because anything else is positive that comes from it um, so that's got to be fantastic to see yeah. I assume the turbos also evolved as um, oil. Technology has evolved, right? Like, has, right. has that played a role in the the creation of the, the the turbines and all that stuff to help you cool the turbo?
3: Yeah, it's 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 the the ball bearing technology, right? That has that has grown. So it's ceramic balls and steel cages, and the oils that that are used now are are, are really clean. So that's that goes into the reliability of the turbocharger. Well, I'm glad you said yes, because I thought of that on the
0: spot. You could have nah. said nope. <laughs> 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 are there any applications at this point that, that don't
2: need the return line on the oil and don't need a feed line, or they're completely self-contained? Um, or is that just the temperature's just way too hot on that side Right.
3: The, the temperatures are getting really hot. And that's why we introduced our new um, mar turbine wheel. We're, we're increasing in turbine and the temperature technology, the capability. Mm-hmm. So going to an oilless turbocharger as of now is, is a little bit difficult, because, yeah, we're, we're growing in, in uh, turbine inlet temperatures, because the higher you have with, with turbine inlet temperatures, the more efficient the engine can run, um, so that we're, we're, we're not there yet. Um, right. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a turbine, so heat. You want as much of that right. as
2: you can, minus frying your bearings and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because well that's how turbines work, and yep. that's that's a very simple thing. That have you guys actually looked at doing things like uh, direction directly post stream for like alcohol or water to try and lower that intake charge? Is that something you're looking at maybe integrating into the packages or?
3: Not, not that I know for sure. Not in, not in our aftermarket. Okay. Period, well, now you owe me royalties on yeah. that if you. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> um,
0: now you guys get to play in a fun space because it's both uh, fuel economy and power. So, you know, as much as we like to say, oh, I don't care about fuel economy. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, your wallet does and your bank account does. Um, so it's it's a fun place to be. And in your daily life, do you drive turbocharged cars? I
1: don't, Sorry, I don't no, you. I don't. No, <laughs> no. I, uh, I I took. <laughs> You guys will laugh. Don't laugh at me too hard. I've had uh, two supercharged trucks uh, in the past. Yes. You realize uh, that you're getting a pink slip as you say that, yes. right? <laughs> Were they Tundras? Uh, no. One was a Ford Ranger. Okay. And one was a Silverado. Nice. Yeah. Supercharged well, it, Ranger. Yeah. How the was three that? liter? Three liter. Or the Whipple supercharged free runner. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty oh, awesome. That,
2: that was the that was the weird uh, car based engine in the three liter, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was the one.
1: Based off of like a Mondeo or something like that, right? It was a it was a cool trip. Yeah. 05 Ranger A.
0: How we
3: just talked about how superchargers are the devil? <laughs> they are, and then, I mean,
1: not
0: not your bad. words, of course, but um, <laughs> well, how about yourself? What do you What do you got? Uh,
3: well, I live in a, we, we're in LA, so I, I have, have to drive something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. I do. But on the side, I do have a, a Q7 that has a Honeywell turbo. Okay, and then I have a project car with my brother that we're, we're building a 240Z. Okay, has a Q45. Uh, V8 in in there, and we're gonna. So, so it's, it's a drift twin car. turbo. That it's a drift car. It's He's a some, road race something guy. Something fast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. So they like when you go
1: out to the track and uh, take it to you know, Willow Springs yeah. and Big Willow and put down some good lap times. That's
2: awesome. So obviously, yeah. you guys are probably building your own manifolds and stuff for those kind of projects because that's in your realm of expertise. Yeah. Um, so when you go and do that, are you looking at actually doing like a staged boost setup? Because obviously, now we're making so much power on these turbos. Uh, we've gotten so much more efficient over the last ten years with them that it's easy to put down six, seven hundred horsepower in like a two forty or something like that. But you're not going to get traction. Is right. that something that you can accommodate for in the in the build that you're doing? Or
3: yeah, definitely. I think with with the advancement in ECUs, you can do boost by gear or boost by RPM. So with with you know advancement in ECUs, we have that capability. Um, to adjust boost well, i mean that was like super exotic stuff
2: 10 years ago yeah. boost by gear and if you had it you were lucky if it worked half the time yeah you know I, I remember running cars like that
0: it was hinky let's say yeah <laughs> do you guys have any personal favorite vehicles over the decades that you guys have been making turbos do you have anything that stands out as a personal favorite that's packed one of your turbos be it one of the race cars or or
3: like a q7 I mean, personally the probably the unicorn that's, that's a good one. That's a good work because we, uh, Tim and I, work pretty close with uh, with the guys uh, for for that build. Yeah, yeah I that, mean, that, that, that one's pretty. That pretty cool. it's yeah. got to
0: stand out. You can drive that car in a video game <laughs> right. right now. Um, so that's that's pretty good stuff. Already,
1: already bought the uh, the add-on pack. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh. guys
2: put that together down in Long
1: Beach
3: or the the turbochargers?
2: Well, yeah, for the unicorn that that whole project was that yeah. done. Yeah, oh, so that was done down at uh, down at, right off of Sixth Street there and. In, in, Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's next for the world of turbocharging? It seems like automakers are really embracing um, the hot V placement right now. That seems like a, I mean, it's been done in the past, but right now it seems like all of the luxury level automakers like Audi, BMW, Mercedes have really embraced shoving the turbos inside the valley of the V. Yeah. Um, what's What's the next move? Are we doing the, what is it, the exhaust driven kit for C5 Corvettes that was popular for a while too. <laughs> no. What's, what's what's coming next? You mean those
2: STS systems didn't that's blow you I'm away in terms of their technical prowess? <laughs> I know you can't comment. That's not yeah. a, that's not efficient. Yeah. Um, so oh, you mean yeah, ten feet of piping? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think yeah, this, it just the the uh, the engine bays are so small. You have so much stuff in there. You, you have to figure out a place to put it. So the tighter the packaging, the more efficient the turbo and the you know, the just making a, a turbo for for the right application and the right uh, specs and fuel economy. So
2: um, to that end, I mean, the the tight integration, we're seeing in the OEM a lot of integrated into the manifold right out of the factory. And right. now we're even seeing manifolds that are integrated into the head. Is the next logical step then the turbo just directly
3: integrated into the cylinder head? <laughs> uh, you never know. That might be a possibility. <laughs> I mean, everything's about packaging, like Tim said, and, and cost savings, right? They always want to reduce cost in the car, so then their profit margins are are higher in the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out with the aftermarket. You know, whether whether or not uh, people are going to be able to uh, put a bigger turbo on on an application like that.
2: Well, I think looking um, at things like uh, I've been watching particularly like um, the the GM 3.6, just the development of that over time, um, and that's that's an interesting application because obviously they were very very early to that integrated game and now that kind of leaves, I mean, there's not a lot of headroom to have there because the heads are already, you know, we're not getting shitty cylinder heads like we used to anymore. I mean, the the LS3s were like 305 or 320 CFM out the door, which is more than enough for most applications. And then, of course, when you add your, you know, turbocharging into it, well, you can cram a lot more air in than an NA motor anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, What do you see as kind of some of the big stuff coming along for for aftermarket, um, for bolt-on type stuff in how, how big are you guys playing a part in designing that stuff or is that mostly go to the third parties?
1: Um, well, I mean, take an example for uh, one of our distributors, Full Race. So they're making bolt-on kits for stuff. So they have a Raptor kit uh, for the 3.5 uh, okay. incorporating some of our new turbos, like the, G, the G25 turbos that we just launched. Um, so I think just partnerships like that are going to allow us to be part of some of these drop-in applications. We won't do anything uh, specific, but uh, you know, we'll make the turbo and, and we'll work with the guys that are going to make the manifolds and, and the entire kit. Uh, you know, that, that's that's really our strategy with, uh, with with the market, with the aftermarket.
0: What is the what is the largest turbo you guys offer for the street right now?
1: It's the uh, GTX 5533R. Okay, what's uh, the diameter on that? Is it like a dinner uh-huh. plate? It's about
3: size a, little bit, makes, a so little bit less than the size of that uh, wheel. Yeah, the the extucer or the compressor itself is 133 millimeters. So it's huge. And it's a 98-millimeter inducer.
0: Uh, Uh, Now, that brings us back to um, (laughs) uh, turbo lag, maybe, (laughs) with something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You might have something smaller feeding that and have that come on at a higher level. That's got to be insane. Like, What what are people stuffing those into? Just
1: pure drag cars? Pro mods, yeah. So you get pro mods running 94s or 98 mil. You get radial cars running... uh, like an 88-millimeter uh, inducer. The so answer's two,
2: obvious, 2J, two dude, 2J. Two, J. <laughs> two yeah. of those,
1: but they're putting two on these big, uh, you know, these big block motors, these 500-and-something cubic-inch engines. Uh, well, those we, are,
0: the good thing there, though, is you have probably a lot of torque to get you moving, and the car's rolling, and then the turbos will build up, boost it. The
1: good thing with drag racing is you have the time, like, as you stage, or you pre-stage, then yeah. stage, and then, you know, you, you take, uh, what, three to five seconds to spool. Well, um, then you put you know, a two-step in there, and
3: yeah, yeah. you're there. I and mean, that, and then don't forget Brian Fitzpatrick here. He runs a that's right. ninety-eight millimeter. Yeah, he's on the two JZ, he's the fastest import dragster. Mm-hmm. Single turbo.
0: It sounds like you'd be like a cranky old man, spooling. Okay, let's go <laughs> and <on>. get, <laughs> let's get this party started. On. And uh, <laughs> so, do you guys ever get to dabble on the commercial side, like on the big, like trains and all the other stuff you guys build for too? Like, do you ever get to play with those turbos?
1: No, I mean our our, our
3: primary uh, segment is is the aftermarket. Okay, yeah, That's we, what, we do uh, we do see them around a the building. We do see some of these like GT seventies. They're humongous and you can't lift them by yourself. But do you ever look at it,
0: go? Ah, yeah, ah. those
3: things. Those things like four of those go on a mine truck. So those things. But are, they spin at, what? Like less than a thousand so. RPM. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty slow. It's not that fast. Yeah. But it's like that engine power is. I think an electric motor then powers the wheels, so yeah. it's not like those engines are directly powering the mine trucks. Okay, you could you, you, you so can use like a, a train. as has a
0: blow-off valve. <laughs> yeah,
3: I uh, have some kind of cool. I, I've got ideas. A hundred duck, yeah. duck calls. hundred duck calls. That's what we're gonna do.
0: <laughs> but so you guys like coming to the show then? Because you're enthusiasts, you're driving supercharged trucks, you're building a track car. Uh, have you walked? Or, how, do you get a chance to walk the show at all? Do you make time?
1: We try. Okay, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Have we, you seen
0: anything that's jumped out of <laughs> you?
1: Yeah, there's a uh, there's a red challenger pretty close to where we're at. It's like candy apple red, just lower deep dish wheels. I mean, it speaks to you. It's Yeah, it did. It really did. There was a steam powered car. I don't know if you guys saw that thing. It's in the hallway. Uh yeah. is
2: it made entirely out of copper and driven with somebody with
3: goggles <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah That's how'd fantastic. you know
1: yeah. <laughs> It's steam what are you seeing
0: anything
3: I haven't been able to walk no around time. too much yet yeah maybe tomorrow I'll walk around You're sitting and, in and on, on Lane
0: Podcast. <laughs> we have some meetings so we have two pretty cool cars in the booth
3: though
1: yeah. what's in the booth uh, so we have Bagsy's uh, LS X no I'm sorry LSX R35. Okay. Well, we're uh okay. what is his nickname? So LSX powered GTR. Okay. Uh big single turbo uh GTX 4718 uh pushing about a 900 to a 1000 Now when you power. say
2: GTR, are we talking GT- R 35 okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, so they built that. They did a, a little drift video with Monster um, recently and uh yeah, had that. What
0: the hell Is see is he the BMX guy?
1: No, he's a, he's a UK drifter.
2: Oh, okay. Right, 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 What are they using for a transmission in that? That They didn't keep the dual clutch, did they?
1: Uh,
0: no. I don't know. That would have been godly difficult. That
2: would be uh, impressive, but...
1: Not I good. I don't
0: know. What's in it. What else? You said there was another car in the booth?
1: Yeah, we have a 64 Dodge Polara. Oh, cool. uh, Roadster Shop built that thing, and it's, uh, it belongs to Jesse James. Okay. So that was our little... We did a little unveiling in the booth yesterday. Um, had a pretty decent-sized crowd. Pretty cool build. Lots of hand-fabricated parts and components. I mean, the under, the undercarriage is all hand-fabricated. The uh, inner fenders, the firewall, all the floorboards are, you know, just gorgeous hand fabricated fabricated, uh you know metal i mean it's it's really amazing then the outside's just all nice and rusty Um, okay but is it it
0: forced patina or is
1: it real it's it was just the truck or the car they bought and uh yeah just has the uh the original patina on it
0: like to see the uh, original patina is legit the fake stuff is just that Um, (laughs) you know it's clearly coated over you're like Come on, man! Like age it for real. Yeah. If it's old, let it be old. Yeah.
2: Well, like there's a little. All you have to do is strip the paint off and take it to New England in the middle of the winter for three days, and you'll get that you know. <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> little cracks like <laughs> in the glass and stuff on the uh, little accents on the above the headlights, you know. So all See, that stuff's cool still... because you
2: can get the crack in the glass, throw a little epoxy
0: over it, and then it just looks fucking ratty but cool. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: Then it stays. Then it stays forever.
0: Uh, now this is gonna be a random question. So one of our friends is here in attendance. He's he's created this organization called Radwood. Which is like Goodwood, but for 80s and 90s cars. Hmm. They did their first one up in the Bay Area. Um, they're doing their second one this December in, in Anaheim. Yep, Anaheim. So if you, so it's 80s and 90s cars, and they encourage period dress, just like the Goodwood Revival. <laughs> so you could let your mind. If you had to pick, each of you had to pick a period correct turbocharged car to bring to Radwood, like a. Um, like a Starion or something. Or a oh, 3000 nice. GT or something. Yeah, like yeah. what would your choice be to roll in there and how would you dress? That's the harder question. The car might be the easier question. Because I'm still figuring out how I'm going to go. I think I might have a line on an 8 Series BMW that I might drive there. Mm-hmm. So i got to go like total like jackass businessman, yeah. like American Psycho. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's so many cool turbo cars because that was a fun era of sports cars. So 80s
3: and 90s. 80s and 90s. I mean, I I'd, I'd, I'd go back to my first car, which was a, a DSM. I see there <laughs> you a go. 93 oh. Eagle I could, Talon. I could, I could like I'm could a, I'm a taste original DSM. DSMer. Okay, so you <laughs> had a first gen <laughs> DSM. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good. I I learned a lot from that yeah. car and Insert, my crank brother walk had joke a, here. Right? Yeah, my brother had a 2G. So we we were a dsm family nice
0: <laughs> see i could in college i had a 80 i had a z31 300zx non turbo but i made friends with a guy who had a conquest and a starion and then they they knew people who had yeah. all the other you know the Eagles and all that stuff. I always dig the uh, the second gen
2: Eclipse. I still find to be a very attractive car. Yeah, um, I'm sure know. there's we can talk about that. Uh, <laughs> <of course. laughs> I, that and like the FDRX7? The FDRX7. Well, that yeah, that yes. is is pretty. I'm not big on the Super though.
0: Uh, I like. I like the Supra. Um, you're wrong, but, you know, <laughs> you're allowed to be wrong. Uh, I still think the F D RX 7 probably gets the least amount of love from that era compared to everything else, but is probably the best looking against yeah. the, the Z32, the 3000 GT, yeah, the Supra. I think the FD is like, the lines on that were perfect. Don't forget
3: the 300ZX.
0: Oh, I said Z32. Oh, so okay. uh, the, the yeah. you know, second gen, um, twin turbo, cool yeah, car. Those are cool. But everybody knows those. Uh, Supers are nigh on untouchable for an unmolested one. You know those; yeah. those are fetching big dollar. FDS aren't cheap, but they're kind of like, like almost like Mazda always is. Is like making great cars. Some for some reason somebody bought the Ford or the Honda or the this and the that. One and they were like, hey, that that Mazda 3 hatch is an amazing car. Um, and maybe I say this because I own a CX 5. Or you know, what would be fun is a uh, SER. Okay, Centra Ser, that'd be cool. Those you gotta like, are- you gotta wear Jenko jeans, and um, <laughs> and like just be blasting Limp Bizkit though if you bring Centra <laughs> Ser. Because you gotta, you gotta come. You can't. It's like uh, if, it's like if you competed twenty four hours of lemons, you can't just show up with a normal car and be like, all right, yeah, let's go racing. Like, go do chump car, go do AER. But if you show up to lemons, embrace it. Have a theme. Get into it. Otherwise, you're gonna have a horrible lemons experience.
3: You got to go full retard.
0: Now, have you guys ever gone lemons racing at all?
3: Never. I've been to an event just just to spectate. Oh, you got to! Prop- I know a lot of people within uh, within our company do do the lemons races. Yeah. You got
0: it. You guys got to build a, a Honeywell car. I mean,
3: <laughs> you can let's do uh, it.
0: Play on your theme somehow. I don't know if you make it look like the plastic Honey Bear, or there's something <laughs> hitting in the in the the company's past that you can bring up. Maybe you bring it back to aerospace. Yeah. like get real crafty with it. I mean, there's a guy who raced. Uh, he took a Cessna, stripped the wings off, and made it road legal. He chromed it and called it the Spirit of Lemons. Uh, this guy Speedy Cop, who does the craziest builds in Lemons. Period. He also did the upside down Camaro. Did the upside oh, yeah. down Camaro. Uh, he did. He, he took a helicopter chassis, put it on. I don't know what chassis he built, put it on, but he put, took the body and turned it into. <laughs> so the rotors are gone. I think the rotors are gone, um, but it's also amphibious, so you can drive Slings. it into the water. Um, so this guy is a, an evil genius scientist. Um, who What's should his probably, day job? Uh, a police officer. Okay. <laughs> so, not so. Not, a, not an engineer in the belly of Honeywell, you know, like the guy you might expect the tenured professor of something it helps to be a cop in terms of road legality when you're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those yeah. kind of cars i've seen that car i've seen it he brought it to an event uh, a jalopnik event in new york and it was parked outside a bar on the street in manhattan it's a it's a cessna uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, the guy's doing it very right but you guys definitely need to get into lemons but you ha- you, you gotta bring some heat though for radwood you should look into it it is december you are, actually, you guys aren't California anymore. You guys moved out of California a long time ago, right? No, we're, we're still in yeah. LA. Oh, okay. Yeah, out of All Torrance. Right. Yeah. But you have offices
1: just about everywhere. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fairly large company. Yeah,
1: Switzerland, Michigan, Jersey, yeah. Italy, Italy, France, everywhere. France. Do you guys get excuses
0: <laughs> to go tour? Them? that side of the business or is it just other
1: divisions Mexicali. we'll oh. go to mexicali okay nice I mean, <laughs> you, are you guys represented in baja at all off-road uh, uh we're trying okay so there was a there was a build this year we we worked with the geyser brothers they had a, a twin engine trophy truck Jesus. Uh, so twin diesel engines so two 1500 eco diesels uh two 2860s each so four turbos two engines um they were trying to make it work they're still they're still trying to make the thing work uh, pretty engine cars are always a bitch <laughs> crazy build i mean
2: but it's kind of brilliant be... at the same time because i'm assuming one was powering the
1: front and one yeah. was powering the rear yeah.
2: well Seems you like one...
0: overkill
1: though. oh i forgot <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if one engine shits the bed i know you still got another you still have uh, front they were also supercharged
0: oh jeez so addition twin to charged diesel dual engine
1: twin turbo yeah yeah so four turbos total or one turbo four each four turbos <laughs> two superchargers, two engines.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was I like mean, uh, that's like some of the um, the Euro Race semis where they'll run the compound boost setup on yeah, them. Yeah,
3: those things and are crazy. Yeah.
0: Now have you have you not fully broken into Baja because just dust and does that affect the turbochargers at all? Are you getting is it an air intake issue?
1: Uh, I mean, if you're running a filter, you should be fine. Because they have pretty insane yeah, filters. The pre-filter and yeah. the filter. Yeah. I mean, it will get dusty if you're in the back, but you know hopefully the guys that'll be running turbos will be up in the front with the clean air. Um, yeah, I mean it's tough cuz you have a you have a you have a mentality that's pretty set from over the years of just all engine and just keep things simple. Right. Um, you know if you're out in the middle of the desert and something pops, you know you got to stop pull over and fix it. So if you have turbos and you know that could be the end of your race if you have more components. Volkswagen did it for a little bit with the Toregs. Okay. They brought in like the, the Trophy Truck Toraq. Um, so that the... opened up That opened up the class four turbos uh, in the unlimited division, Um, but nobody's really. VW
2: money comes in and they suddenly get real friendly to turbocharging. Uh Uh
0: um, Who makes the turbo for Toyota's Le Mans effort? It's not you guys, right? Think it's us I think as Toyota. well, so. okay? Because yeah. I was about to make a joke, and then I'm glad I asked who makes the turbo, because you said about worrying about something breaking. um oh, yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah, that, that. I've was. seen that car on the
2: consumer side of thing, though. There, are, let's just say there are a couple of German brands that are, have become somewhat famous for turbo failures. What is that usually attributed to in a consumer application like that? That is a good question.
3: It just it just depends. I mean, we, we do we do all kinds of testing before we release a turbocharger. We do reliability, durability, um, heat soak, back seal leak, all these specific types of tests mm-hmm. to make sure that the turbo is going to survive um, the life the life of the vehicle.
1: So yeah, well, so yeah, durability test. You put a turbo on a stand. So they put them on a gas stand, this natural gas stand, bolt them up, hook up the water feed, the oil feed, let these things run at a certain RPM
3: for. I don't know weeks. Yeah, wh- whether it's full RPM or they're doing a cyclic. It's your version of a dy- test. It's your version yeah, of a dyno just, for those things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, in dyno. terms of in terms of failure, I mean there could be a lot of different things that that go into the failure of a turbocharger, not just the turbo itself, but you know it's it's in an environment, right? Everything else affects the turbocharger as well, so it just. So to be specific too rich of a
2: fuel mix or something like that, frying it. Or, yeah, well, oil feeds, obviously, one that kills it all right. the time.
0: But, yeah. um, now, now, do you guys have representatives from the manufacturers in your office, or are you in their office, or do they just send you engines and you work on them? Like, How does the integration
1: work? Yeah, what is the process? So they would come to us with an uh, engine requirement, right? Here's right. what we're going to run, and then... And then we, we match them turbocharger, which and then which is like what though? Like you guys look into, do they give you specifics of how are they going to, uh, you know, where do they want the peak power and where do they? Want yeah, to so they
3: basically it's it's a lug line. They give us uh, um, power power requirements, torque requirements, uh, pressure, temperature, and in, in compressor inlet, outlet, everywhere anything. Something you don't would normally not get in the aftermarket. So the OE size are very specific. In terms of their requirements so we take those requirements we have ways of uh, doing matching for turbochargers internally and then we send them prototypes to test so once they test it they like it then we we go forward with the project we do all the performance testing durability testing Um, we can it's possible that they can send us an engine Mm -hmm. that we we use for as, as a test mule or when we send turbochargers, they put that in, in an actual vehicle to test as well. well can you guys so get most goes,
2: of the way they're starting with things like, okay, displacement, uh, desired power level, and maybe some basic heat characteristics, yeah, and then you guys just run it through CFD or something yeah, like that? Yeah, they, but
3: they give us usually, on the on OE side, they give us a lot more than that. In the aftermarket, obviously, people don't have that capability like the OEs do, so right. we... We do, like, a, a, just a, like a, a match off of A little of more experience. trial and error on that. Yeah, yeah, off of experience, what we've seen, what our distributors have seen, and we use that to do, you know, basically educated guests because we don't have that all that data that the OE side would have to be, be able to do, okay. uh, like, a proper match
2: with the years of experience you guys have doing this now can you just kind of look at something and somebody give you a power level and you just eyeball and go well eh, let's start with this and get kind of 70 yeah. percent of the way there right off the bat
3: yeah exactly after you do you know hundreds of these types of matches then you get more familiar as to what oh 1.6 should, should be, be there so a two liter should be yes yeah you yeah. yeah, could definitely do that so we do have a lot of experienced people on our team that, that can do that we no. tried
1: to we tried to simplify it. We actually have an app, right, that we've tried to create. You know, it does all these calculations for you. Um, you know, and and it'll it'll kind of narrow down based on your your displacement, your target horsepower, your uh, mid range RPM, and your peak power RPM, and then it says, okay, this. Uh, it, it basically will plot the point similar to what an engineer would do. Right. Because um, with with the engineering support, time is is money for you know for these guys. So. Uh, for, like, the day-to-day guy that's looking for a quick match, you know, we do have, like, a program that'll help do all that stuff without, you know, if you look at the complications, you've got all the symbols, you've got, like, the Sigma symbols, you've got Everything You try to look at these. I'm not a math guy, so I look at it, and I just, I'm like, I don't know. You're like, I understand uh, that that's Delta. I'll just go supercharged. It's <laughs> <laughs> a triangle. Um,
0: do you ever get the numbers in from the OEMs, and, and they say, these are the numbers we want, and then in you're testing, we're like, well, you think you need these numbers, but we're going to refine some of these. Other yeah, it's definitely the a possibility.
3: We, we always we work together closely with the OEMs. We have specific teams that work with, let's say, Ford or GM right we have specific teams and engineers that work with that manufacturer so we we, we always collaborate and work together to, to improve uh, improve the, the end product
2: so you guys see all, a lot of that stuff
3: well before it hits the public
2: market right you ever look at some of these cars that come through in these engine packages and just go they're selling that as 500 horsepower but it's really about 800 if they just turn up you know turn it up a bit
3: yeah definitely I mean we don't I mean, we're so busy that we don't have time to, to, to look around to see what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Um, I'd but. say to be like
1: to be uh, honest with how the the company works, it's, it is such a massive company. You, know, we're you the, could lie and we wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's only two of us. <laughs> no, uh, a huge company. So the the teams are actually separate. Um, you know, the products we make are stuff. Uh, single turbos or, or you know whatever race turbos, and, stuff. yeah, mostly yeah. race application stuff. So even even uh, the projects that uh, that we win the bids on for the OES, we sometimes don't even hear about them or know about them until they're actually out.
2: <laughs> well, I'm guessing there's probably a fair amount of secrecy that you know people swear
1: blood oaths within yeah, the between company between different divisions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Now, are you guys are are you able to develop turbos differently for non-US markets? Are there things you can do there that you can't do here? that are are, you know interesting in terms of power or you don't have to you you adhere to different fuel or oil and stuff like that just like
3: maybe diesel not necessarily yeah i mean all the turbochargers that we do for the aftermarket can be used for any type of fuel um whether it's u.s based or or european it we don't really do like specific maybe we do like drop-in replacements or upgrades that are specific to to the european market but our performance turbochargers can be used for any type of fuel. So, okay, so on
2: that performance side of things, we see some interesting stuff with, like, Porsche with, like, variable vane turbos. Yeah. And that requires a lot of internet. You guys are the supplier on those, right?
3: I think, no. No? I don't think so. Okay, no, I don't, don't know, we'll know about that, recently, but we'll, we'll strike that from the record, yeah, but anyway. But, yeah. So speaking. the variable
2: vane stuff that's out <laughs> yep. there now, that's really kind of limited to more or less high-end applications, um, do you see a point in the relatively near future where that can start being worked into aftermarket solutions, or is that just require way too much of the ECU to be able to do that after the fact?
3: Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. That the, the problem is, is is the temperature, right? I mean, VNT started out a lot with with the diesels, and the diesels run lower turbine inlet temperatures. Mm-hmm. So with higher temperatures, you need more exotic materials, and things just become expensive. Let's say we you know we release a GT thirty five. D&T turbocharger that costs 10 grand, and nobody's going to buy that because you, you need it to survive that high temperature. So it's like once those materials can get cheaper for us to buy, then we can pass on that savings, and it, it could eventually become a reality where we do have a gasoline vnt turbocharger so for that's the after- that's month. probably
2: one of those economy of scale things that, yeah you know it'll start going into your high-end euro sedans and stuff like that and then break its way down into your forks and your chevys and then it's right feasible for the rest of us plebeys. yeah it's yeah.
0: fantastic um now i know you guys said you're busy and, and you've seen some cool stuff is there anything here that you haven't seen yet that you yet that you're like i gotta go find that anything you've heard about yeah, or you've been coming here so long, you're so burnt out.
1: <laughs> Which is, you can say that because we are. The first couple days, yeah, you just kind of want to hang out in the booth and not do anything. And right. then wait for people to come by and say, did you see this? Did you see that? Yeah. See, uh, see
0: who comes into the booth like a little uh, misty-eyed or, or like bleary-eyed, I should say. Like, oh, where? Did you, so you did go out last night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They got to stop having this thing over Halloween, though. We got yes. to put an end to that. We got to create a petition. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, I didn't get here until today because I'm not missing my daughter. Or, or just make it
3: and, mandatory right? that everybody has to dress up, right? <laughs> you could do it that way too. <laughs> That'll make it more fun. Make it more interesting. Here's the problem,
2: and then I ran into this last night. Is I, you know, I went out to go and grab some dinner, and I couldn't tell at a certain point who was dressed for Halloween and who was just like doing the standard Vegas weird shit that's Vegas right yeah it was uh, I've got a story to share after this it's not really appropriate for the show uh, it, come on yeah. no 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 it, it's a little offensive and I won't do that on the air I'll do it in private no but I won't do it been, on the air all right,
0: if we were in the studio you would do it uh, even then okay uh, well I mean I, I think I think we've we've forced you up here long enough uh, we I, we've learned a lot about turbos the future uh, surprising you know that there's there's future beyond the ic the ic engine um, and it will help continue the combustion engine going long into the future um, so thank you guys for coming on and, and taking the time to chat with us thanks guys yeah,
3: thank you guys appreciate it
0: all right and then garrett turbo.com
1: turbo by com. turbo by garrett there you go okay. go buy turbos for your cars yes mm-hmm